Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Hushmo Black Forum. Here we do it bigger, we do it better, we do it longer, and out of necessity, we'll do it louder than anyone out here. So relax. Here's your host, Hushmo Black. Black Forum. It's September 28th. We're not, we're not normally out here on September 20th, on a Wednesday, rather. It's a Wednesday, uh, September 28th. Welcome to the National Black Forum. We uh, stuck one in on y'all. Uh, yeah, we, we, we've got to uh, get out of town here uh, this weekend, so we we thought we'd come out here tonight to uh to uh spend some time with the my audience, the Hushbow Black uh, Forum. Um instead of taking the show on the road this Saturday. You know, we normally come out here on Blog Talk every Saturday from seven to nine. Uh this uh or this weekend we uh will be out of we'll be out of uh out of pocket, let's say it, say it like that. So uh, we're out here tonight. If you're wondering uh, why we're out here, um, I'm sure sure it must be a shock to most of you. Uh, Got a call into the Hushbow Black Forum, 1-888-588-3814. I just sent a little bleep out to my Facebook and my Internet friends. Let them know that we're out here kicking it around. Got a lot to talk about after that uh, debate uh, Monday night. If was that a debate? Anybody? Anybody see it? Come on, that was the biggest junk. Anybody? Uh, I, I'll put it this way: Does anybody believe Donald Trump is a serious candidate for president after watching uh, after watching that thing? Uh, do anyone believe he's a serious candidate? That's what I want to know. That was the worst mess I've ever seen in my life, y'all. I've never seen anything like it in my life. Uh, a person who supposedly, uh, supposedly uh, contended, and really only a heartbeat, only, you know, still a 50 chance of this guy. This guy might wind up president. There's still a serious chance that this guy could wind up president of this country in charge of uh, the nuclear uh, weapons that we've got. Oh, that would be... uh, (laughs) That would be... uh, That would almost be... uh, uh, well, be a black eye on the, this country for one. If uh, uh, the people of this country ever uh, put anybody like that in office, uh, we'll be the laughing stock for one of the world. <laughs> we we will literally be the laughing stock of the world, and with uh, good reason. And with good reason. 
But that debate Monday night, uh, Hillary uh, put a foot on the Donald's throat <laughs> after about ten minutes of that thing and never let it up and never took it off. She had a foot on his throat and never took it off. Is a guy's got more stuff in his bag than he's got a lot of baggage. Uh, 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 yeah. He has got a lot, a lot of baggage. Uh, how this guy could even, how he ever got this far is, is, a, is somewhat of a miracle. Well, it's not a miracle. It's more of a disgrace than it is anything. It's not a miracle. It's a pure uh, de, uh, disgrace. That's how I look at it. Hey, okay, let's write this down here. we got to. We got to log in our show here, nine twenty-eight sixteen. Uh, we um, was trying to figure out if there's ever been well, I, I, a worse candidate for president of the United States, and the only one I, I'm just looking. Just I went back to uh, research the presidents. You know, the ones that I've experienced while in my uh, brief lifetime. <laughs> but then just uh, looking at history and trying to uh, see what effect uh, the presidents of the 44 that we've had has had on the country. And, it, it, well, yeah, it's pretty hard to judge. I mean, this guy is not president yet. And hopefully he'll never be president. But just uh, the thought of him being uh, as one of as either him or Hillary Clinton is going to be president come November ninth. Going to be president elect come November ninth. <laughs> Donald Trump, Trump or Hillary Clinton is going to pr- be president elect uh, come November the ninth, y'all. About another good month, and it's a scary thought, y'all. It's a scary thought. I mean, this is stuff to keep me up, uh, keep me awoke at night. This election keep me awoke at night. Uh, yeah. Uh, and just looking at the president, the only one that I, you know, can can come up with. But uh, who uh, probably that I know, uh, just looking at the history and uh, how I uh, uh, viewed uh, what they, the effect that they had on the country, uh, I get right now of the 44 presidents, Andrew Johnson, Andrew Johnson is by far and away the worst president that the country's ever had, Andrew Johnson. You know, Andrew Johnson uh, succeeded uh, Abraham Lincoln after Abraham Lincoln was assassinated in 1865. uh, Andrew Johnson, uh, the Confederate, succeeded Andrew uh, Abraham Lincoln. He was the vice president at the time. How he got to be vice president is an old story within itself, but right in the middle of the Civil War. But that's a whole a whole different story. But anyway, 
he was the vice president. He succeeded uh, 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 Abraham Lincoln after he, uh, Lincoln was assassinated in 1865. And this guy, this guy, after the South had lost the war, him being a uh, Confederate uh, Confederate sympathizer, he took over and damn near <laughs> put black folks back into slavery. Damn near put the slaves back into slavery. And it caused tremendous harm uh, uh, during uh, uh, the three and, uh, and a half years that he, uh, uh, the three years that he uh, served as president. Oh, he was uh, from the day pretty much. Uh, well, first of all, the Congress was in recess when he took office, and they didn't adjourn. Uh, they didn't come back into session. For about six months. This is like April, April of 1865. Lincoln was assassinated and this guy took over. Well, Congress didn't reconvene from April until about November of 1865, some six months that he had run of the government pretty much by itself. And this is with uh, uh, the Confederate states who had, you know, lost the war, had got you know, some 600,000 people killed. In that war, three hundred something thousand on each side dead. Uh, uh, the bloodiest war the country had ever seen, or the world probably had ever seen up until that point. One of the bloodiest the world had ever seen, if not the bloodiest. Uh, certainly the most bloodiest civil war that the world had seen. He took over and. Uh, uh, set out to damn near uh, uh, empower the South to uh, do pretty much what they will, uh, 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 do pretty much what they uh, wanted to do with the uh, ex-slaves who had been emancipated with the 13th uh, Amendment uh, made uh, of American citizens with the 14th Amendment and uh, given the right to vote with the 15th Amendment. The 15th Amendment hadn't been uh, 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 passed when he first took over. Uh, but the 13th and 14th Amendment was requirements for uh, the southern states uh, to get back into the Union. They had to include, not only did they have to accept the United States Constitution with the 13th and 14th Amendment included. They have to rewrite the state constitution. They have to tear that junk up they had and rewrite it, uh, freeing uh, the slaves, freeing uh, the some four and a half million, five million slaves that uh, were uh, in the country at that time. Uh, Andrew uh, Johnson uh, uh, made it such that uh, the South was able to put in place of uh, the separate but equal laws. Uh, the separate but equal laws that uh, uh, did so much damage to us, uh, Americans were acting except for the next hundred years after the Civil War was over. Those separate equal laws pretty much separated us or kept us out of uh, white society, mainstream society here in the country for the next 
hundred years until eighteen until nineteen fifty four when Brown overturned it. And even then when Brown overturned uh, the separate equal Jim Crow laws that had been codified in eighteen ninety six by the Plessy versus Ferguson decision, uh, even then, even in nineteen fifty four, um the uh, the legal team of third group marshal uh, working for the NAACP did not petition the court uh, for reparations for uh, uh, the Americans of Africa said who had been injured by uh, the separate equal law for damn near 100 years. Uh, doing un, uh, inconceivable uh, 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 Amount of damage that this uh, uh, those separate equal laws did, y'all. First of all, it took away uh, some 46 million acres that had been set aside in the Southern Homestead Act. It all but prevented uh, the slaves from acquiring that land. The 46 million acres uh, that were set aside in the Southern Homestead Act, y'all check that out. My list is. Don't too many people know anything about the uh, Southern Homestead Act. Of 1866. So check that thing out. The Southern Homestead Act of 1866. It's a little homework for my audience out there. Check out the Southern Homestead Act of 1866. A good book on that is uh, uh, is by Michael L. Lanza. Michael L. Lanza. Uh, he wrote a book on the uh, the Southern Homestead Act. Uh, there's been many, uh, well, there haven't been that many articles who wrote on it either because they tried to squash that thing. That stayed on the books from 1876 to uh, 1870, uh, 1866 when it was first passed, signed into law, uh, stayed on the books of this country, uh, setting aside 46 million acres in five southern states for the ex-slaves. Ex-slaves never got that land, y'all. That, that set us back, that all but killed our ability to uh, uh, assimilate into uh, the American society as free people. That all that all but killed our uh, uh, ability to successfully uh, assimilate into the society. That one thing, that one act, that denial of those 46 million acres now, it's about 3 million acres of that 46 million uh, distributed among, most of that went to uh, poor white people, by the way. A uh, few blacks got a few uh, 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 acres of that land. Before, in 1876, when the whites got through uh, raising hell, uh, the South got through uh, almost seceding again over that one act uh, that they repealed it. They fought that tooth and nail against giving those black people any of that land for 10 years. And finally, the North uh, acquiesced, uh, and, and the North and the South, uh, the congressmen up in Washington got together and repealed that act, took it off the books, uh, returning 43 million uh, acres undistributed to uh, the federal government in 1876 the repeal of the Southern Homestead Act. Meanwhile, the Homestead Act of 1862 out west 
Oklahoma, Arizona, and all uh, places like that. Uh, they had set aside over two, uh, 200 million acres of property, y'all, and gave it all away to predominantly uh, white settlers moving west. That was never repealed or stayed on the books until the 1930s or the 40s or something like crazy like that after distributing 240 million acres uh, to uh, those uh, uh, people out west. And the blacks here in the South who had slaves in this country for 250 years uh, got very little left. tantamount to nothing in terms of real estate. And one of the things that uh, uh, Frederick Douglass and the Republicans uh, 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 with Abraham Lincoln uh, fighting that civil war, one of the things that uh, they had decided was that in order for the blacks to be successful in assimilating into uh, the broader society after uh, the war was over would be uh, access to real estate access to a small amount of capital and provided an education. An education, access to real estate, access to some capital to sustain them until they were able to uh, acquire the land, set up homesteads, and uh, work the land and provide for themselves off the land. It's a beautiful, beautiful uh, 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 concept. It's what Thomas Jefferson was all about, the agrarianism, uh, agrarianism uh, concept of uh, small farmers uh, uh, being able to uh, support themselves off the land. And that could have, that would have happened had uh, the uh, At the uh, folks been allowed to uh, uh, been able to uh, get the land that that was set aside in that Southern Homestead Act. Y'all check that out. Hey, we're gonna take a quick pause. Uh, Hanging out. We'll be right back. You got me, Hushmo. Advocated on your behalf. You're listening to the Hushmo Black Forum. Tell your friends about us. Saturdays. 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Right here in cyberspace.
Welcome back to the High Smell Black Pool. Yeah, it's about 20 minutes to 8. We, uh, trying to see what's going on with the, uh, With the Braves, they leading Phillies two to nothing. Came back last night from a six zero deficit and won the game. Braves are playing pretty good ball, y'all. But every when you're thirty thirty games out, my goodness, feel like it's too little, too late to uh, but it's always good to uh, close out the season on a positive note, especially when you got a lot of young players just coming up. I'm making contributions. So, it looks like that's what the Braves are all about right now, is just making uh, sure that uh, the season ends on a high note and uh, they're able to instill some. Uh, some positive vibes in, into uh, the young players uh, going into the, this all season, and uh, they moved into a new stadium next year. So uh, they should come come in next year with a uh, a real good positive attitude, uh, uh, which is good. But. Uh, we're 30 games out right now. The Braves are. So, you know, I'm just happy to see them playing some decent baseball. They, they added Matt Kemp. They added Matt Kemp about a month and a half ago, and ever since then, they have been one of the hottest teams in baseball. Matt Kemp's got a big bat from the right side, and we desperately needed a big bat from the right side, and he's been uh, – Providing a lot of bang for the buck that looked like looked like we got a pretty good deal on that. We'll know more. We'll get a better idea about how that thing's gonna play out here uh, next year. But uh Matt Kipp is one of the one of the uh, fiercest betters in the in the league here a couple of three years ago. He got some kind of injury and that kinda he got injured out there. He's playing with the Dodgers. He got a hell of a center fielder, too. He got uh, injured and uh, kind of set him back a little bit. But uh, this guy was a heck of a player then. He's uh, like 31 now. Still, has got, you know, three, four, five more years left. If he gets healthy, it looks like he's trying to get in shape. Look, he's lost some weight since he's been here. But he's uh, he coming to training camp next year. In shape, that team got a chance to do some things, y'all, with the young players they got. Now, the pitching is still a little suspect, but they got some position players that can <laughs> that can get the job done. I'm, I'm here to tell you, we need a few more power bats. We need a few more bats with some pop now, but I tell you, I, I really like uh, – I like the nucleus of uh, what they've got here, and I'm I'm hard to please, y'all. I'm one that's hard to please. 
when it comes to, uh, first of all, I'm a junkie for every, for all of, uh, well, I'm a, I'm a homie, <laughs> for all of uh, the Braves, for all of the Atlanta teams, I'll put it like that. Any, any, I'm a homer now. If it's Atlanta, uh, I'm for them. That's just me. I've always been like that. I've always been a hometown junkie. If it's Atlanta, I'm going to be rooting for them. I'll tell you that right now. I don't care if it can be bad or whatever. Uh, now, I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to reserve the right as a fan to talk. Mm-hmm. And his grandmother who passed the earlier this season. Mm-hmm. I deserve the right to complain. That's from being a fan, a loyal fan. Give me that right. So. Mm-hmm. That's just the way that is. I'm still curious to see what kind of bump or what kind of movement in the polls after uh, some 80, damn near 100 million people followed the debate Monday night. I want to see this time next week what kind of movement in the polls there is because I can't believe that that many people watch that thing and and still talking about Donald Trump as some kind of presidential candidate. (laughs) That's a... I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a lot uh a less faith in the uh, American people, y'all. If they if 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 Hillary Clinton don't get a ten or fifteen point a bump off of that <laughs> off of that the balco that uh that somebody was trying to masquerade off as a debate. Uh I'm gonna be we are disappointed in the American people. <laughs> That's me. But I've got a lot of faith in the American people, so I'm expecting that she's going to get a 10-point bump off that thing. she got to go. And they kind of make it out that this is some kind of year of change. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. If there's one thing that Trump's changes, uh, somebody not qualified, an unstable person who uh, who's got uh, a new the nuclear arsenal as his uh, command. And can nobody stop him? Congress or nobody else can stop him from using those nukes, y'all. Mm-mm. Congress can come in on the back end. Congress can come in on the back end, y'all, and and do some things, but uh, ain't nobody can stop him uh, until. Uh, it's too late. I mean, he could blow the whole world up with our power, with our nuclear uh, capability. 
uh, Donald Trump can uh, blow the whole world up and nothing nobody can do about it, y'all. Nothing nobody can do about it. God don't know. Yeah, that's just a fact. Hey, uh. You're broken down and tired. So living life on the merry-go-round. And you can't find. Rise up. Sandra Day. That's how Mark is sung out here. That's how Mark and Anthem out here on the high school platform. I could, uh, that song always inspires me to uh, send chills to my spine when I play that rise up. It's uh, October 28th, y'all. Had a test today in General Science Lab. You know the high school is back in school again. Well, in fact, we almost out of school. Uh, pursuing a little history degree. Uh, this is our last semester. We have an associate's in... Uh, African-American studies, so we, we're proud of that. Speaking of African-Americans, Americans of African descent, the United Nations. Did y'all see that? Go to my Facebook page. I'll probably see it. I posted it out there, linked to uh, an article out of the Washington Post. Uh, United Nations uh, a committee at the United Nations over in Switzerland decided that uh, America owed blacks reparation for hundreds of years of uh, racial terrorism. Hundreds of years of uh, racial terrorism. That's what I've been writing about, yeah, in my book, Racism and Hate, an American Reality, talks about reparations owed to Americans of African descent for um, my my argument is basically uh, for Fourteenth uh, Amendment uh, violations or uh, taking away our Fourteenth Amendment rights. Uh, our rights under the Fourteenth Amendment were uh, taken away with the separate equal laws. Those separate equal laws did tremendous financial damage. Y'all, it wasn't just a shame that they had them, or uh, we were discriminated against uh, because of them. We were economically crippled. Studies show the average attention span is eight seconds. By those laws, 
American African ship was economically crippled by those separate equal laws. Uh, my uh, uh, the crux of my argument for reparations for uh, uh, me and my people here in this country, uh, the denial of Fourteenth Amendment protections uh, uh, when they uh, instituted the separate equal laws after the Civil War, uh, that uh, amounted to. Uh, pretty much uh, taking away uh, our 14th Amendment uh, rights, preventing us from assimilating into the society on an equal level, on an equal footing after uh, my people have been emancipated here in the country. Now the United Nations concur that uh, uh, indeed uh, the racial terrorism, which is all wrapped up in that together, y'all, with uh, the separate equal, that was uh, those were racist laws. Those were racist laws. Racial terrorism is what those laws was amounted to. This is this is a state-sponsored uh, uh, terrorism, y'all. The separate equal laws amounted to state-sponsored terrorism. That's what it did, y'all. It amounted to state-sponsored terrorism. Any time you deny your citizens equal protection under uh, its laws, uh, amounts to uh, state uh, uh, state terrorism, and that's and that's what happened here in this country. Uh, that's what happened here in this country, y'all. Oh yeah. Freddie just jumped on. that run back, y'all. We need to get that run back. We need to get that run back quick. Mm-hmm. A dance we must have scored him. We uh so anyway the United Nations, I don't know how far that's gonna go. I'm gonna send them a copy that committee at the UN a copy of my book Racism and Hate to uh, add some uh some uh uh ammunition for them to uh uh uh, look at some of the personal stories that uh, that uh, racial terrorism caused to uh, America the Afghanistan. Uh, I kind of traced my family sister here in this country. Uh, 
trace my family's history in this country, and uh, it's going to validate uh, what they're they're talking about there. And uh, the more firsthand stories or accounts of uh, what happened here in the country, the more of their their argument becomes. Hopefully, uh, something uh, can be, uh, something uh, will come of it. Uh, I don't know. I mean, W, you figured W.E.B. Du Bois, Right on the chalk, yeah. Um, Come on, Miles. That's it. This war. We I uh, Eddie Bays is on the road, y'all. I like the way this team is playing. As soon as we get this little left hand out of there, get into the bullpen. Yeah. Okay, Malik is batting seven. As soon as we get into the bullpen, get a right hander in there. <laughs> We're going to be able to do some damage here. Mm. Oh, yeah. 
But yeah, so we we're gonna be sending off a, a copy of our book to the United Nations. There, racism and hate and American reality. Y'all want a copy of my book? Go to my website, hushmoblack.com. Hushmoblack.com. You can go there and uh, uh, you can buy my book right there. Got the e-copy out there for that's uh, five ninety-nine or something like that. It's very accessible. <laughs> it's priced to be accessible. Uh, uh, so go out there and buy my book. Uh, what is it? Three ninety nine. I think the electronic version is three ninety nine. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go out there and pull down the electronic version. That's uh, not. I'm not trying to get rich. I, I just want to share in my uh, experience uh, in the country. Uh, uh, I'm working on my third book. I got two books out: The Water Boy, The Life and Trials of Jimmy C. Cameron, and then. Uh, that was my first book that that started out like a uh, autobiography and uh, kind of turned into a bi- uh, biography of my family's history in Georgia and then wound up uh, dealing with the experience of my uh, Vietnam, uh, my war days. Uh, so it's kind of like a trilogy. Uh, uh, the, the most... Uh, the most uh, exciting thing about my first book is my Vietnam experience. I had this little epiphany, uh, the spiritual epiphany. If y'all know what an epiphany is, it, uh, that thing was, was powerful. Uh, it uh, kind of uh, shaped my uh, and uh, shaped my. Uh, spirituality, I guess you will, or at least it definitely, uh, 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 mm, how shall I put it, uh, that uh, Vietnam experience really kind of cemented my uh, belief in uh, a spiritual God. It got me in touch with uh, my spiritual uh, higher power. And uh, it, uh, yeah, uh, read it, read it, check it out. It's it, uh, quite a story. Uh, all kinds of things happen uh, in the war. All kinds of things happen in war. And, uh Very rolling, uh, and uh, that's the water bore, the life and trials of Jimmy C. Cameron. Once again, you can purchase all of my material on my website, thehushbowlblack.com. H U S H M O B L A C K, hushbowlblack.com. Uh, we're working on our third book. Is one of the reasons we went back to school. Uh, was to enhance uh, my writing skills. At the same time, I could uh, research, do research into uh, uh, history, my people's history. And uh, I found it, that it's just been an amazing, amazing experience uh, going back to school at 60, in my late 60s, 
But uh, I, I really enjoyed uh, my experience there. And I'm sad to say that uh, it's coming to an end in November when I graduate. <laughs> well, I got some options. I could either graduate uh, in December, in the, uh, uh, but I won't March until May. I, I might take, uh, I'm, I've got to take Spanish. Uh, well, I want to take Spanish. I don't have to take it, but I, I want to take Spanish. So I might take Spanish in January. Uh, uh, the uh, January semester by itself, and uh, yeah, just to uh, get a little Espanol. One, one, one of my firm beliefs is uh, uh, about education. I believe every child in the country should start taking a second language from kindergarten on. From kindergarten on, every American's child should be exposed to a secondary language. I think it would be one of the most powerful tools that uh, we can uh, arm our, our children with going forward, uh, trying to uh, get them prepared to compete in this world, this global economy uh, that we have. It's, it's paramount that uh, all of our citizens learned a second language be it French, Spanish, Chinese, German, Russian, whatever. Just learn a second language. I urge all, uh, everybody to learn a second language. Get your kids involved in some secondary language at a very early age. From kindergarten, from four and five years old, get them exposed to a second language besides English. English cannot be uh, uh, the only language uh, the kids in this country uh, speak. It's, it's just so uh, 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 debilitating uh, in terms of uh, them competing uh, in a global world. In a in a in the world a world uh, like we have today, a second language is almost mandatory. Don't you know the first thing you do is uh, uh, in terms of setting up an edu- planning that education for your children is uh, make sure that uh, from the very first day that they enter in a school, make sure that they are uh, enrolled in some kind of second language. Yeah, the earlier they get installed, uh, uh, started uh, uh, with the second language, the easier it's going to be for them to uh, pick it up. Oh, yeah, children uh, uh, learn uh, second language. At, uh, the earliest you can expose them to it, the faster they're going to learn it and going to be proficient at it at a real early age. That's when you want to start at four or five years old. You want to get them uh, immersed in it right away. It's the greatest gift that you could ever give your kids. It's the greatest gift that you could ever give your uh, kids. Yeah. Teaching them uh, uh, a second language. Providing the wherewithal for them to learn a second language is one of the greatest gifts that you could give your kids today in 2016, y'all. Uh, I try 
when I speak at schools and I speak at some of the local schools uh, dealing with my books and stuff and just on career days and things like that, I like to go to some of the uh, uh, schools. And uh, one of the things that I talk about and try to impress on uh, the young folks is uh, the necessity for them to get a second language, to speak a second language. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I I think more and more <clears throat> the schools are uh, starting to uh, pay attention. Hopefully. But in order, you go to Europe. I mean, all those European countries, uh, the citizens speak at least two languages, maybe three and four. <laughs> I mean, fluently, they speak two languages automatically, and maybe three or four, fluently, and that's what uh, we have got to we have got to get there uh, here in this country uh, if we're uh, going to remain competitive with the rest of the world. If we are to remain competitive with the rest of the world, y'all, we have got to uh, uh, start teaching our kids a second language. It's, it's not, uh, the days where uh, you can say that uh, because we're the most powerful nation on the world Earth, uh, everybody only needs to, everybody got to learn to speak English, or don't nobody need to speak no more than English. Those days are gone. Those days are over. Uh, <clears throat> we have got to become bilingual here, bilingual here in this country. We have got to be to remain competitive. <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> Facebook friends, what's up? How y'all doing out there? I'm gonna send out my condolences to uh, uh, Evelyn Richards. Evan Richardson's uh, family there in Akron, Barberton, Ohio, will uh, be going up that way at the end of the week here to, uh, this is my cousin, some of my in-laws, one of my favorite cousins, as a matter of fact, uh, passed on. Just want to send my condolences out to her, her family. We, uh, uh, we've all got to uh, go that way. That's nothing. Uh, it still comes as a, uh, a shock when uh, someone uh, that you've been knowing uh, 60 years or so pass on. Still a hard thing to, uh, you know, just to grapple with. Like, and, uh, you know, going in that, uh, going in, you already know that uh, we all have to uh, go that way. Uh, 
still it doesn't uh, make it any easier. Gotten to the point where I can deal with it and understand that uh, my higher power has a uh, has a plan for everybody. He's got uh, everybody's back. Oh, we just, uh, we, we, uh, power, what? Power, yeah, power, what? Yeah. Wow. We, uh, I, you know, I, I kind of, Yeah, we had a test today, and for some reason, I wasn't prepared. Well, I was prepared. I mean, I just didn't realize that uh, we were having a test in lab, in science lab, and uh, somehow we had got behind a week. I think the professor got sick. I'm going to blame it on the professor. He got sick and pushed everything back, pushed everything back a week. So we actually were supposed to have the uh, supposed to have the test last week. And But instead, we uh, we have to test this week because everything got pushed back. But the problem came in that uh, the professor never sent out an email. So he told everybody. He told some students, but he never sent out an email to everybody. He never uh, made the change on the syllabus, <clears throat> so we didn't. Uh, 
half the class didn't realize that we had a test coming up. And uh, half the class didn't realize we had a test coming up. So we uh <clears throat> I'm glad, as it turned out, that I did uh, take the test. A couple of students uh, opted not to take that test because they weren't prepared and didn't realize it was a test. So they uh, opted to, the professor gave me the opportunity to uh, opt out, which was nice. I mean, I went on and took it, I, and I'm glad I did because it turned out, I think I did. I passed the test. I, don't, I didn't do great, but I did pass it. And, you know, I'm just trying to, I want to do the best I can in any, in the courses, but science, I, I just uh, want to, you know, get through this thing because I'm out of there this year. At the end of this semester, I'm out. I'm out of there. I've got to, uh, I need to, uh, in fact, I need to do some homework this evening. <laughs> In my, I just thought about that tomorrow. Okay, I'll get to Vegas ten thirty. Ooh, I'll get to Vegas at ten thirty. Still be morning, but I leave here. At, you know, you lose an hour going west and pick that hour up coming back. <clears throat> you pick it up coming back east. Woo. <clears throat> wow. I think I just made a, a, a two base throwing there. Two 
Wow. We uh I really I, I try I'm trying to uh get my peers to uh get back in school. You know, my peers is from sixty on up <laughs> all retired for the most part and uh most of them are pretty uh pretty intelligent people and uh problem with uh when you have peers like that they think they know everything and and uh, most of them business school you know but i tell them you, you know it's, you'd be surprised like i've been out of school uh especially uh computer school i, I went to took a four technical institute i got a, a social degree in computer science but that was in the 60s <laughs> I worked in IT for 40 years, you know, but uh, so I hadn't been to school in shit, 40, 50, 40 years or more, and, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, I took some college courses. I always did some kind of higher uh, learning uh, throughout my years, but just to zero in on another uh, degree of any kind, I, I had not done that, and uh, just so happened, I uh, had took some courses down at uh, this college that I go to now. Uh, I can say Atlanta Metropolitan State College is where I go now. That's my school, Atlanta Metropolitan State. I will have me a ring, too, y'all. <laughs> I'm going to get a class ring in uh, uh, March. Mm-hmm. 
Kemp done built it one. Ain't nobody out in this inning either. Five, six, seven. Ain't nobody out. Five, six, seven. him a lot. <laughs> well, I'm talking about a baseball game, y'all. I'm multitasking out here again. You know, that's what we do out here on the Hushbow Black Forum. By the way, our motto is to do it bigger, to do it better, to do it longer. And out of necessity, sometimes we'll do it louder than anybody out here on Blog Talk, y'all. We don't like to uh, get loud. We like to keep everything on an even keel. Sometimes we have to crank up the volume to uh, to uh, get our word in. Yeah, just to get our word in. Sometimes we have to uh, crank the volume up. Yeah, we. Uh, oh boy, you need a hit. There you go. The strange freely. You ain't got nothing to lose, just a left and all balls come across the plate. I don't care if they left or right, all the pitchers gotta throw the ball across the plate. Just forget what side the ball is coming off. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Him drill one. Yeah, so we
we um but like I was saying before I got off on this tangent again, uh <laughs> talking to my peers and trying to uh convince them how beneficial it would be to uh get back in school again. First of all, the state of Georgia uh provide a free education for senior citizens. Anybody over sixty five can go to school free. In any uh, higher uh, institute of uh, learning in Georgia, excuse me, in Georgia, uh, it's it's great. I mean, uh, to take advantage of that because your mind, I've I found out that your mind has a lot to do with uh, your health. Believe it or not, the more active your mind is the more uh, uh, healthy uh, your body is going to be. Uh, now, uh, you can, you know, I, I I looked at it and I'm taking a psychology class, and uh, sure enough, the healthier your mind is, the healthier your body is going to remain into your old age. I'm going to do some writing on that because I, I really think there's something to it. Uh, now that I'm having to interact uh, 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 in school with a bunch of young folks, 21, 22, 20-year-olds uh, 20 just out of high school and stuff, just getting into their college, into their careers, just interacting with those folks on a daily basis in school has been a monumental benefit to me uh, from a, a physical standpoint, I believe. Now, I, you know, I still get a, I'm still getting old, <laughs> but... My mind, my mind feel a lot uh, younger, and consequently, uh, 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 so does my body. I, I believe there's a direct connection uh, 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 with uh, the health of your mind and the health of your body. I, I really believe that. So I tell my friends that, yeah, you want to get back in school because, first of all, your peers is going to be, uh, you know, uh, 40 years your junior. And it's amazing how those folks keep your mind, uh, transform your mind uh, uh, <laughs> back into a, a, a younger uh, adult train. It's just amazing. I, you know, I, you know, I think too much of it until, uh, you know, this is like my second year uh, in school, and I've noticed a difference in uh, uh, just my mind, and that consequently now I got all kind of aches and pains because I'm a disabled veteran, first of all, so I've got some aches and pains, <laughs> but I'm better able to cope with those aches and pains, I believe, because of uh, the activity uh, uh the activeness of my uh, mind right now, dealing with uh, learning, uh, learning new uh, uh, new skills here, as you will. That's uh, mm-hmm. so. I urge everybody: don't stop, don't stop learning. Just because uh, you get to be uh, on up in age. Don't dare let your mind uh, 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 become too idle. Uh, idle mind is a dangerous thing, especially on up in age. 
keep your mind active, uh, whether you're in school, whether you've got a hobby or whether you like to write or whatever it is, just keep your mind active for as long as you can. And I guarantee you it's going to be beneficial uh, 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 in other aspects of your life. Uh, it's going to be beneficial uh, for you. That's my experience, and I, I want to pass that on to my audience. Uh, that uh, yeah, I you know I've just been amazed at how uh, how I've been able to uh, keep my mind active, and uh, you know, and it's, it's tremendous. Uh, I felt uh, from a physical aspect, I can't do the thing that I did when I was 22. I ain't going to tell that lie, but uh, uh, I ain't going to tell that lie. But, uh, yeah, there are certain things that uh, I feel real good about. Certain things I feel real good about. Warm on would make you smell the ammonia more quickly and cooler on. Yeah, we 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 got some studying to do, y'all, because I've got to go. I'm going to Vegas. Anybody want to put down a bid on something? Let me know. I'll put a bid in for you. You know, in Vegas, you can get a bet on anything. Any, they got they got odds established on anything. They can if you think the uh, Moon ain't gonna come up. They'll uh, they got a they got they got a they got a somebody take a bet that the moon won't come up tomorrow. Yeah, Shoot, ain't nothing you can't get a bet on in Vegas. Yet. No, no. We uh, y'all know what we do. I don't know how to spell black form. We advocate advocate for social justice on behalf of Americans of African descent. Not because we don't love everybody. I'm gonna let you know that right now. We do love everybody, uh, but by extension, we find ourselves advocating for that community. Lord knows, we need all the advocates we can get. It's just crazy what's going on in the world today, y'all. It's just plain crazy what's going on in this country today. Uh, you think with all of the external uh, uh, craziness going on outside of the country that uh, you wouldn't have uh, all of the craziness going on within the country. You, you wouldn't expect that. And it's all... Uh, it all has to do with uh, the fact that we elected our first black president here uh, eight years ago, President Barack Obama. Since then, uh, racism has reared its ugly head and uh, uh, became uh, uh, a topic of conversation again. Uh, it's, it's never gone anywhere, let me tell you that right now. It's never gone anywhere, but it certainly had 
decreased and have decreased a tremendous amount in the last, uh, since I was born. It's decreased quite a bit since I was born in 1945. But uh, here lately, with the advent of that black president, uh, things got crazy, y'all. Things got crazy. You think uh, with the uh, election of black president, things would get, would be better. Uh, but really, things has gotten uh, crazier uh, because you had uh, so many people resented the fact that this black a person was now president of this country. And uh, that thing has been, uh, that thing has been crazy ever since, you know. It's just been crazy. It's just, uh, come on, folks and nervous. You, you need to get through the f- fifth inning, son, so you can get a win. You got to get through this inning here. You've got to get through this in if you want to win. But, yeah, since we've elected this black president, things have seemed to, things seem to have gotten worse instead of better. Uh, but uh, I don't know. We had a couple of deaths in the country, too, that uh, we have to uh, uh, pay homage to. Uh, Jose Fernandez, a 24-year-old pitcher for the Marlins, died in a tragic, tragic boating accident uh, sometime late Saturday, uh, early Sunday morning. And uh, that thing really, really set uh, set me back and set a lot of other people back uh, because this guy was young, full of uh, life and the Great, great picture, y'all. I had uh, uh, eloped out of Cuba. Uh, uh, took him three times to try to get out of that place, and they finally, on a boat at night, uh, traversed the 90 miles from Cuba to Miami uh, uh, with his mother falling overboard, him having to dive in the water to drag his mother out of the water to keep from drowning, uh, just a great, great uh, human story uh, this guy had. It was full of life and just a great, great uh, person. But uh, it was a great, great uh, young baseball pitcher that was headed for mega, mega stardom. Uh, was killed in a boating accident down in Florida over this past weekend. Just uh, devastated that community down there and a lot of other people that wasn't associated with uh uh, the, uh, the Cuban American uh, community down uh, around Miami there, but uh, yeah, Jose Fernandez, and then the great one, Arnold Palmer, one of my favorite golfers, if not the favorite golfer, uh, died. Arnold Palmer, this guy transcended golf, he transcended race. Uh, I think that was not, that was not a person uh, uh, in the country, in the world even, that didn't uh, respect and uh, love Arnold Palmer. The guy was just a human, uh, uh, 
being that uh, transcended everything, <laughs> race, uh, 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 golf, uh, transcended everything. The guy was just a great, great uh, individual. Uh, Arnold Palmer died at uh, the age of 93. So, I mean, he was, you know, lived a well, well uh, uh, life there. And we're still getting around pretty fairly well. Well, yeah, I, I said that say that uh, he has slowed down quite a bit, but Arnold Palmer did 93 this past weekend, yeah. Just a great loss. The golfing community is really indeed uh, uh, the community at large is going to you know, miss this guy. He's going to miss this guy something tremendously. He uh, added so much to uh, He had it so much to uh, our society. Arnold Palmer was a great ambassador for uh, just life, for how to live and how to treat other people. How to treat other people. This guy was just a great, great ambassador to uh, great, great ambassador to uh, For America and how uh, uh, what it means to be an American citizen. Uh, this guy was the epitome of uh, just being an American, uh, void of any kind of color, uh, ethnicity, or anything. Just an American citizen. That was Arnold Palmer. That's how I viewed him. One of the few people that uh, that uh, you can really say just uh, transcended every just everything. Uh, he'll be sorely missed. Uh, he'll be sorely missed. Arnold Palmer from La Trobe, Pennsylvania, yeah. So, yeah, we uh we'll be back out here. We won't be back out until uh Saturday uh October what is it, uh October come on somebody. Let's see. Saturday, October the sixth, I believe. Is the sixth or the seventh? What is it? Help me out, somebody. Uh eighth. October 8th, yeah. We'll be back out here on the Hushville Black Forum. 7 o'clock, October 8th. Live and in living color over blog talk, yeah. We uh, can't stay away from uh, you all too long. You wouldn't know what to do without the Hushville. If we stayed away too long, you wouldn't know what to do. So we, uh, Peanut Gower said they'd make out just fine. No, you wouldn't, because first of all, uh, you wouldn't have a hush motor kick around. You wouldn't have a hush motor kick around like you do. 
Uh, <laughs> uh, I love my peanut gallery, y'all. That good, that was a good folk. A little testy from time to time, but uh, they keep me. They keep me uh, in the middle of the road. I can't stay off the road. They let me know. They keep me in the middle of the road, yeah. And I appreciate them. Halloween. Is Halloween coming up? Yeah, Halloween's in uh, October. Yeah, yeah, falls in the area. Summer's getting on out of here, but we're going to Vegas. Vegas is, you know, Vegas is warm out there. Oh, yeah. Vegas is not what no. Vegas is warm, yeah. You know, Vegas said in the middle of, of the desert. Las Vegas? Las Vegas said right in the middle of the desert, yeah? Yeah. I don't know. That place is crazy. What's this in here? What are you going to do with it, though? Let's see, how does that thing look? Because I'm, I know I'm TSA free screened in most of my, uh, in all of my, uh, I got a test, so I've got to take this book. I have got to take this book because I got a test on chapter four. I better be reading chapter four. Because we've got a test I've got to do all that. And then I've got another test. Chapter two, did you hear it all? Delta cutting off slack, y'all. I can't slack up in this last semester, y'all. I've got to tighten up so I can get through this thing here. The kinetic. Molecular theory, rather that substances are composed of very small particles, can be traced back to certain early Greek philosophers. The earliest record of this idea was written by Democritus. Democritus so that BC he wrote that matter was empty space filled with tremendous numbers of tiny indivisible particles called atoms. Democritus. That's where you get democracy from. A society filled in with uh, many people makes up uh, the whole of a society. And that came from the Greek Demetrius. What's his name? Democritus. Democritus. Democracy. Democritus. It all makes sense because he theorized that matter is made up of millions of tiny particles, uh, that being the atom, makes up matter. So he uh, carried that over, the Greeks did, they carried that over to include and 
I make up our societies, which makes sense now that you uh, now that I think about it. Mm-hmm. Now that I think about it, it makes a lot of sense. www.blogtalkradio.com 